Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us inside the sale ring. We've got Joshua Sucra in the studio today. Hello, Joshua. Hello. It's great to be here. Hello, Miss Trina. Hello. We're going to be talking about personal marketing, personal marketing at its best. Joshua is a professional marketer by trade, works for United Country Real Estate. And I think this is going to be a great segment for anybody that's in real estate or the auction business or whatever sales capacity you're in. Personal marketing, Joshua, that's what it's all about, right? Definitely. I think it's something that you can use in no matter what you do in your life, whether it's real estate or auction business or sales or any industry. And it's a very important thing for everyone to kind of do. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about you. Who is Joshua Sucra? Where do you come from? What got you into the marketing business? Well, who am I? I grew up in western Nebraska in a small town of North Platte, Nebraska. Big railroad town. Oh, yeah. Go Huskers. I know, I know North Platte. It's a great place. Beautiful. You might think it's all flat, but we've got some great sand hills with a lot of cranes. Crane, Sandhill like cranes. Yep, the Sandhill cranes. Okay. People actually travel <laughs> for miles to come see them. I was wondering if we were talking construction or birds there. Birds. So maybe a little both. Do they hunt them? No, I think they're a protected species. Yeah, you know there's actually a season for those in most states where you can hunt a sandhill crane, and they have a name in the hunting industry. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. I just knew everybody came to Nebraska we already, to take pictures of them. We discussed that hunting is not got, something that I know got, about in the past. So. We got a fun fact coming in. <laughs> oh, God. They call it the ribeye in the sky. <laughs> oh, they must taste good then. I, apparently. I've never eaten sandhill cranes, but I... Kid the you not, in the sky. I, I have friends that hunt and they call sandhill cranes the ribeye in the sky. So it tastes like beef? <laughs> yes. Seriously? Not That's like the chicken. Rumor. Yeah. Okay. I just know they bring tourist money in, so I assume they weren't allowed to be shot in Nebraska. They bring they it in because be. people are coming to shoot them in Nebraska. <laughs> you got to drag these outside the county. You can't shoot them here. We're making too much money off of them. Go out and pet one. I don't know if they'd let you get that close. <laughs> I mean, are these like big birds, like big cranes, like oh, what you big. think of a crane? Okay. And they got real long beaks. I wouldn't want one to get near me, actually. So you're from <laughs> North Platte, Nebraska, Sandhill Cranes, the Sandhill portion of Nebraska. How'd you make it to Kansas City? Well, I went to a college in Kansas City's Metro, a liberal arts college of Mid-American Nazarene University. Beautiful college. My dad actually graduated from there, so it was kind of a family thing to go. And ended up there, didn't really know what I wanted to do, took kind of some random classes over the place and actually started out as a graphic design major. But you had to choose an emphasis on either art or marketing and took a marketing class and realized this is what I'm both good at and enjoy doing and kind of just made the transition over into marketing and just really found my passion for that there. And after college, I got a job in marketing for a nonprofit in Kansas City and worked with them for a while before I ended up at United Country. And it's just been something that I've been lucky enough to do what I went to school for. Very cool. Yeah. You work in the marketing department of United Country. I do. It's a fun time. Yeah. Catalog production. I know when, you know, prior to the show, we were talking about that. 
institutional advertising, corporate advertising, but your specialty, at least for this segment of the show and what you're going to talk to us about is personal marketing, personal branding, correct? Very correct. So let's get this started off by first off for our listeners, what is personal marketing? What all does that entail if, if somebody's not familiar with that term? Well, the easy, simple answer is personal marketing is being able to market yourself. And I think that's probably one of the most important things to market really in any industry, because you want to be able to get your name out there and make sure people know who you are and what you're doing. All right. So give us a 5,000 foot view of just some different methods or types of personal marketing that are out there. Personal marketing kind of encompasses everything, but social media is probably the best place to get your name out there. It gives you a chance to really give a fine-tuned coverage of who you are and what you do and really connect with those around you and in your community. Okay. I want to dive into each one of these a little bit deeper. It can go all the way down to business cards. Oh, definitely. I mean, business cards be a great way of personal marketing, billboards, paid ads, you know, full page ads, magazine ads, or ad copy, your personal vehicle, you know, uh, things like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about all that stuff, right? Yes. The importance of it. To me, personal marketing, the number one thing that you're trying to do in a competitive environment like real estate, the auction industry, most sales industries going to have a layer of competition out there is just differentiating yourself, separating yourself from the rest of the pack, because we have a tendency to all blend together. How do you separate yourself? What's the importance of personal marketing when you're trying to separate yourself from the rest of the competition? Well, to answer that question, I like to describe personal marketing almost like personal branding. Branding and marketing a brand is so important. And you as yourself, you should view as a brand. And because you're a brand, you've also got to market yourself. And in order to, like Sean said, differentiate yourself, you almost want to be like a purple cow. So let's say you're out driving in a path, like driving to A to B to this new place, and you see the first cow and you maybe get excited and say, hey, look, there's a cow. But then you All start, of us from the Midwest say cow. Cow, exactly. Cow, yeah. You see a hundred cows <laughs> and they're not exciting anymore. Yeah. But if you were to see a purple cow, you get really excited and you start to tell everybody about it, which I actually learned about this from a book called Purple Cow, which is really a really great book that explains how to differentiate yourself and is a great personal marketing resource for anybody to read. Sorry, purple cow. She's making notes. Trina's making faces over here. (laughs) That's okay. She does that. That's what happens when I think out loud. We're going to get a cat scan for her after the show. There's the cat. There's the cat. There's the cat. cat. (laughs) (laughs) Sean's been talking about cats all day. Now we're talking about cows. Yeah. So making yourself stand out, you know, in a hundred cows out in a pasture, one of them uh, that you drive by is purple. Obviously, it's going to draw attention to it. We're going to talk about how to be a purple cow, how to actually be that purple cow in in midst of a hundred other normal colored cows. I exactly. guess there's a lot of different colors of cows, but very few purple ones. Bright colored cows. We want to be bright colored cows. Right. Neon cow. A neon cow. All right. This is going in the right direction right off the bat. We have already boxed ourselves into talking about cats, cows. Sandhill cranes, ribeyes in the it's sky. The zoo. the zoo is here today <laughs> in force. Welcome to the petting zoo. You have entered Studio B. <laughs> the right. petting zoo in Studio B. Studio Z. <laughs> Studio Z has in zoo. How do you market yourself, Joshua? 
And again, now we can start kind of diving in on that 5,000 foot view. There's different elements to marketing. Let's kind of walk through those a little bit and pretend that you're a realtor, you're in the auction business. And and again, I keep going back to sales because sales in general, that is salesmanship 101 is just trying to differentiate yourself, have a better product, have a better sales pitch. And let's kind of walk through these a little bit where we want to make sure that we're giving some information that the listeners can can walk away with and, and say that that was powerful. That's something I can use for sure. Well, I think the first step is definitely making a plan. And when you want to make a plan, the whole point of this is you want to set goals and you want to be realistic about what you want to do. You don't want to just jump and dive into it and just guess what you're doing because then you'll be all over the place and you'll be similar to just everyone else around you. And by setting a goals and deciding what you want to do and succeed with creating your plan will help you be focused on what you want to do. So what is this plan that you're talking about? It's just marketing plan, like a personal marketing plan that you're developing? Exactly, exactly. And is that a monthly plan? Is it it an annual plan, much like a business plan in a company? But what do you suggest? How often do you make the plan for and and update it? I think that's something that you can decide for yourself, whatever will work best for you, because it's going to be something everybody's a little bit different and you got to figure out what will work for you. Personally, I like to look at something annually just because I work better on an annual timeline. And so I just kind of like to block out what I'm going to do each month for whatever I'm trying to market, whether that be myself or a product or real estate. Gotcha. So you can also look at the annual spend, how much money that you're going to spend for personal marketing, for personal branding. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, about branding yourself and creating an identity. Definitely. You're a brand. Yeah. The key point of differentiation is uh, there's a certain amount of I hate to use the word arrogance, but there's a certain amount of individualism that's entering, you know, the salesmanship today. People have, especially with social media and a lot of things, it's it's leveling that playing field and it's forcing people to have to stand out a little bit more than they normally would. Well, I wouldn't even go as far to say arrogance. I would just say it's being prideful of who you are and what you do. Okay. I think if you are happy with what you're doing and who you are, there's no arrogance in that. You just got to be ready to sell yourself. When you talk about an elevator speech in creating a plan, give me give me an example. Let's, let's kind of walk through that plan a little bit. I'm starting out brand new. I'm on the first steps of creating a personal brand, personal marketing. Never done this before. Give me some elements of what that plan kind of looks like. How do I get started? I think to keep it simple, like I said, you want to set a goal. So do you want to gain leads from this or how many leads do you want to gain? Are you just trying to get your name out there or expand your business, or are you trying to sell something? Decide what you want to do. And after you've decided that, that's when you can go to the next step. And so let's say maybe you want to, well, a lot of this kind of all will tie in together. If you're trying to brand yourself and really get your name out into the community, you'll hopefully get leads and eventually sell real estate or whatever you're trying to sell as well, because a lot of stuff today is done by word of mouth. And so the more people that know you and your brand, the more essentially you're supposed to be able to sell. And so after you set your goals, the next step would be really to determine who your audience is, who are you trying to reach. Okay. First step, what's the plan for? What's the what's the mission, the objective out of the plan? Exactly. What are you trying to achieve? And, and then, then who's it going to? And then who are you going to market that, market yourself to in this yes. personal branding? And I put elevator speech on my notes, which you mentioned earlier, yeah, just because... What does that mean? When an elevator speech, it's essentially your pitch. It's a pitch of who you are that you need to give in a minute or less. And it gets the name elevator speech because 
in speech classes. And the whole idea of it is when you get on an elevator in an office building, you got to be able to sell yourself to somebody and the amount of time it takes that elevator to go from one floor to the next floor. And that's where it gets the name elevator speech. The whole point of it is you want to be able to tell who you are, what you do, what you can do for the person you're speaking to, and how you can do it in a minute or less. So that way, they know who you are and what you're offering and what you can do. And hopefully you can give your business card to them and they'll be ready to do business with you. Then uh, once that plan's created, obviously put it into action. I assume that there's going to be increments of measurement every month, maybe once a quarter. Are you on plan? Have you spent the amount of time, the amount of effort in personal marketing? But you're going to have to update that plan. And I'm I'm paralleling this to a business plan. You do the same thing in a business plan. You know, this year, I, last year, I, you know, sold X amount of properties. I made X amount of dollars. This year, I want to do more. And then every month or every quarter, you go in and, and say, am I on track to achieve in this plan? Where do I need to work harder? You know, where do I need to shift motivation? And sometimes it's, you know, it's outside things that cause that to happen. There's changes in the marketplace or things. So I Definitely. assume that this plan works the same way. Oh, yes. I mean, a really easy example for that is one of my bullet points for what you do after creating a plan would be to participate in events and getting involved in your community. Mm-hmm. And one way you can measure the success of that or maybe see how you're doing is start to give out business cards at everything you go to and maybe set a goal of handing out 10 business cards the first event you go to and increase that each time. And then to see how you're doing, you could see how many business cards you're giving out and then how many callbacks you get for those business cards you give out and then figure out what your percentage is each month and use that maybe to measure how well that's working or not working. There's controllable and uncontrollable elements in the marketplace. One thing that I could see somebody putting in personal kind of brand marketing in a specific area that they want to be strong in is, and we hear this occasionally, is billboard advertising. Billboard advertising for some people is important. For others, they could care less, you know. But let's say that for for example, we'll use this for an example. You're writing a business plan, but the billboard's just not available right there where you're at. You're three months, four months into the plan. You notice that the current ad that was on the billboard has been taken down. It's available. It's for rent. So your plan may get modified. And again, I'm not necessarily endorsing billboards. What I'm endorsing is you have to be flexible in that plan and understand that it's not always something you can write in stone today. Oh, I would agree 100%. You want to be able to be fluid with everything you're doing, especially with the internet. Change that completely. Everything is so fast-paced in the internet world, and you just got to be ready to adapt very quickly. I mean, a great example would be Wendy's social media is incredible at this. It seems like some whoever is running their social media will see when something happens immediately and jump on social media and making some sort of comment or getting involved with whatever just happened. Who was that again? Wendy's, the burger restaurant, fast food. Oh, Wendy's fast food, yeah. So they're in tune with social media marketing? Very much so. If you want a business to follow that does social media well, Wendy's would be a great example. That's interesting. Any specific tool in social media that they use more than another, LinkedIn versus Facebook versus Twitter. I mean, do you see them? Their Twitter is probably their best. Okay. So they're really focused on Twitter. Definitely. Yeah. Interesting. We talked a little bit about participating in events, networking, and you just broached on that a while ago. You, you brought that up, but let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's talk about brand marketing, personal marketing, when there's events that if you're going to make an appearance there, as some people say, make an appearance. 
you know, when, when you show up, don't just show up and blend in. Be the purple cow. Exactly. You want to be the purple cow. You want to show up. You want to, I mean, I was going to say look for pro- tastefully, tastefully be the purple cow. <laughs> I was going to say maybe show up all dressed to the nines, but that might not be what you're going for. Show up yeah. what is on brand for you, who you want to be and what you want to promote. And there's a lot of different ways you can get involved in your community. When I say events, I don't necessarily mean like the community fair. I mean, be as involved in your community as you can. Get involved in whether that be charity or local government or whatever's going on, maybe in the schools, because the more you get your name out there, the more people get to know you. And especially, I feel like real estate is such a good example for this. You really want to make sure everyone knows you in your community if they don't already. Yeah. So my kids are in sports and and whatnot. And there's always companies, you know, lining the walls in the basketball court or lining the fence line on the uh, baseball field or, you know, what, whatever that sport might be. There's definitely ways to get involved with just like your local community, the high school levels, those kind of sporting events. And all those people have kids. And at some point they're going to need, you know, a new house or a new whatever, you know, or an orthodontist or whatever that is. But I see the same orthodontist company using that as an example at every game, no matter what the sport is, because they've Is that the orthodontist you use? No. Oh, they're well, not. But <laughs> it's a perfect example. I'm pigeonholed into another orthodontist system. But yeah, but I mean, I know who they are because they're advertised everywhere I go every weekend. So yeah. Yeah. You guys sense. know who Steve Edge is? Steve Edge is famous for saying, dress for a party every day. And he dresses, you know, very elaborately whenever you see him. But he's been doing that for many, many, many years. It's what he's known for. He'll show up at the most mundane events and look like he is going to a costume ball. But his persona... It fits that. It's extremely well known about Steve Edge and, and in the design industry. And I think this is exactly what we're talking about in personal marketing. Obviously, you dress the part out there. You you have limitations maybe in business. I mean, if you were a trial lawyer, his attire wouldn't work for that. <laughs> but at the same token, he's in the design industry. Yeah. And it works great for him. Everybody knows who he is. And he's built this, this personal brand, this personal marketing, and has his own design line out there. I get it. I totally get it. And I think there's a lot of missed opportunities in the sales industry One of the things that's very frustrating to me, and this is, it's maybe not quite as much about personal branding as it is about just actually working opportunities, is when you go to these networking events, you go to a trade show, for example, Mm -hmm. and there is estimated 6,000 people coming through that trade show. If you're not picking up some business and out just forcing yourself out there in that aisle and making contact and starting you know, visually and, and verbally stimulating conversations with people and creating activity and sales activity. Shame on you. Yeah, you're almost wasting your time. Yeah, That's, you're wasting time. You're setting in a and, yeah. You're setting a booth for three days, wasting your money and your time or somebody's money that paid for that booth. <laughs> and it gets very frustrating. So I I totally buy into this. And I think personal marketing is something that everybody needs to be taught. It's a discipline. It really um, is. I do it myself. I practice it in my daily life. I have a certain way I want to look and be when I'm out and about, especially in a professional environment. And I really am very self-conscious about what I'm doing when I go out. And you get a response from that. You get hopefully a desired response from that. You surround yourself with like-minded people. 
you surround yourself in business environments or in personal environments out there that you're comfortable in and you can thrive in. And that's what sales is all about, mm-hmm. is putting yourself in front of opportunities and and kind of creating maybe even where those opportunities start approaching you instead of you having to go out and chase them down because you're known as that guy or that gal. Oh, and that's such a perfect example. If you follow personal branding to a T, people know who you are before you even have to introduce yourself. There you go. That sums up exactly what we're talking about on this podcast is do they know what you do and who you are before you even introduce yourself? Maybe you're not the purple cow in the industry yet, but when I first walk up to you, is your clothing branded? Does it say, well, Josh, you work for United Country. Does it say United Country Realty and Auction on it? A company name. Did you hand me a business card? Did you drive up in a vehicle that has what you do maybe on the back window or on the side of that vehicle? And that's so important in today's sales industry. Oh, and today in general, I mean, we've you got to compete with so much out in there that you got to find a way to break through the noise. Yeah, what we found, you know, 30 years ago, prior to the internet, when I started in the real estate and auction industry, you didn't have to compete with digital technology or the World Wide Web back then. You just basically had to go out and outwork people. Be smart about your product, about what you do. But if you're willing to get up a little bit earlier, work a little bit later, run twice as many laps as they're willing to run, you're going to outpace salesmen. Today, with technology and the advances in technology, you can reach millions and millions of people, billions of people through internet technology, through marketing and and digital marketing. It's leveled the playing field for a lot of people. I would almost go as far to say you got to work smarter instead of harder in today's market. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah, that's, that's it. Social media. We had talked a little bit about social media, different elements of social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So give us some tips, some tricks oh, on definitely. different platforms that you that you think work maybe better than others. Or I think my biggest tip would be, at least with Facebook, maybe with other accounts, depending on how you want to run this, I would almost always create a separate personal and business Facebook, especially in an industry where you're going to be out in the community a ton because you don't want, it's easier to just separate the two. So that way, when you're sharing stuff about your business all the time for your business one, you're not annoying your family and friends you grew up with because they might not want to see that. But in that way, you reach the people that do want to see that. And then vice versa, if you're talking about personal stuff, you don't have to worry about your clients seeing that either. And so that's one of my biggest hints that might even help your sanity a little bit while doing this. So that way you don't have to worry about what's going where. You've got, this is my business Facebook and this is my personal Facebook. And that's a big hint I have. And a rule of thumb for both Facebooks or both social media accounts that you run in my personal life is I never post anything that I wouldn't want boss or my parents or my pastor to see just because that stuff does not go away. It's on the internet forever. Mm -hmm. Even if you delete it, there's a way for it to get found. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen that a ton with a lot of famous people and politicians in the last few years that stuff has been dug up on them. And you don't want to be the next person that that happens to. I keep telling Trina that and she won't listen. Stop posting that stuff. I unfriended him instead. That's all I did. (laughs) (laughs) Trina, that stuff still exists. (laughs) It can exist for all time. I've been blacklisted by Trina. I just won't be friends with him anymore on Facebook. (laughs) What about in person in Studio B? Can we be friends here? We can be friends here. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) I'll take what I can get. As long as you're not judging my lifestyle while we're sitting here, we're good. I'm done with that. (laughs) Okay. I'm done. I realized it was not going to make an impact. (laughs) 
I was about to ask what was in that Panda Express cup. Nothing good. (laughs) Nothing good. Some things are best left unsaid. Yeah. Let's uh, (laughs) let's talk about Facebook, Twitter, the predominant use of Facebook and personal marketing, social media marketing versus Twitter. And I think LinkedIn is, and correct me if I'm wrong, LinkedIn feels like it's more kind of business to business. Oh, definitely. I can actually break each of these down. Facebook by far is the biggest social media out there right now. And it's going to have your widest impact and have your biggest market. And so Facebook, I would almost have be not literally your web page, but almost like your website where this is going to be your mass market where you're going to reach everyone. And so Facebook is going to kind of be where your homepage is and where you run everything that you want to publicize and get out to the biggest audience. And then Instagram is newer And actually, Facebook owns Instagram now. And so there's a lot of communication between the two. So you can use them hand in hand pretty easily. But Instagram's whole focus is on photos. And in the real estate industry, that's amazing because a picture says a thousand words Mm -hmm. and showing beautiful photos of a home you're trying to sell. Instagram, I can't think of a better platform than Instagram to do that on. Instagram tends to have a lot younger of an audience. And so maybe some of the people that are on Instagram might not be your initial target market, but they have parents who might be, or they're eventually going to be your market. And so the earlier you can get in front of them, they'll know who you are and they'll know who you are when they're ready to buy a home. I was told by my daughter that a lot of the younger generation have moved off of Facebook because so much of the Instagram, so much of the older generation had moved on to Facebook. So they've went over to Instagram now. Exactly. My youngest brother, who is quite a bit younger than me, is in college right now. And he, Instagram is all him and his friends use. Yep. Yep. My kids the same. They don't have Facebook anymore. They keep a Facebook account, like their original Facebook account, just so my mom, their grandma can still send their, her stupid little happy birthday. And oh, did you hear about this stuff? So that's my youngest that's brother. Literally the, the only same. reason why. <laughs> Most people that are under a certain age, use Facebook just, they have a Facebook account, so they have the easy login when they create an account somewhere, and then also for Messenger. Yep. Very cool. Did you talk about Twitter? I was getting there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Be patient, Sean. Yeah. No, uh, Twitter is an interesting one. I did some research before I, this podcast and wanted to check a little bit on I know Twitter, depending on your industry, is really great because it gives you a chance to be really up and personal with a lot of people at one time. But in real estate, I've noticed there's a lot of noise on Twitter and it's hard to break through and to to differentiate yourself on Twitter. So my suggestion for maybe real estate auctions and sales directly is that's a great opportunity to get involved with your community again. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every city has a Twitter account. We are here in Kansas City and I live in Kansas City. I follow the Kansas City, Missouri account. I follow the mayor. I follow a ton of Kansas City-centric Twitter accounts. And that's such an opportunity for you to get involved in live And Twitter is almost like the new news for younger people. And so whenever something breaks, it's on Twitter before it's anywhere else. And that's an opportunity for you to be involved in your community without even leaving your couch and get your name out there and be a part of what's going on around you. So I would use Twitter almost more of as a relationship building social media. To be your voice. Yes, to be your voice instead of necessarily using it to sell. And the same philosophy that you had with uh, Facebook, would you have a personal Twitter account and a business Twitter account? Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. My personal Twitter doesn't even use my real name. Gotcha. What about LinkedIn? To me, LinkedIn feels like it's more kind of, as we said, business to business. So I, I assume one of the biggest elements in that is 
proof up your professional, your bio, your resume on there and make sure that other business professionals, when they look at you, they see someone of competent value and somebody they'd want to do business with. You're exactly right. LinkedIn is so hyper-focused on business that it's going to be where your professional connections are made. And it's also maybe if you own your business, it's a great place to look for hiring and it's a great place to share within your business community as well. So if you have maybe a pool of people in a similar industry who are trying to share knowledge between each other, it's a great place to pick up on and maybe follow some other real estate companies because they'll post stuff on best practices and et cetera, or other sales companies. And they're going to post blog posts and best practices in that industry. And it's a great place to grow as a professional. Well, I was also going to mention with it being a group of professionals, it's a great place to network and maybe find it's going to be a people that generally have a higher income source because it's business professionals. So it's a really good opportunity to maybe network and meet people who are going to be you, maybe you're more qualified buyers later on. There you go. Yeah, if you're in the real estate or auction business, that's a great place to to kind of sync up with people that could be good referrals or lead generators. Yeah, exactly. You know, and people like that, that yeah. handle, um, you know, estate sales, probates of estates, oh, definitely. Uh, divorce attorneys, you know, or bankruptcy, U.S. bankruptcy trustees, things like that. Make sure be, you connect with all of them. That could be great lead generators. This has been uh, awesome so far, Joshua. It's exactly what we're looking for. We're going to slip away, hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in a few minutes with more from Joshua Sucroy and Personal Marketing. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. And we're back in the studio with Joshua Sucra. We're talking about personal marketing inside the sale ring. We took some notes here over that break, and we talked a little bit about how to keep a portfolio, how to use testimonials. And I want to dive into some of that in the back part of this show just to, to make sure that we're, we're kind of rounding out here what personal marketing can do for your business. 
Let's talk a little bit about keeping a portfolio. This is such an important part that I think a lot of people either skip or don't know about when making a personal marketing plan and using personal marketing is keeping a portfolio. I think having examples of what you've done and done well is such a good opportunity to sell yourself because it sells for you. If you have examples of maybe a great sale you've made and the advertisements you used to make that great sale or anything related to it that you can put together in a portfolio, whether that be a notebook of examples or maybe you want to create a website or a web page or a blog that just shares the successes that you've had, then the more you share that, the more it sells for you. And I think that that's such a powerful thing that people often forget to do. So looking at like real estate, because that's what we're talking about essentially, right? Is you're talking more like your sold portfolio or the marketing pieces behind it or both. both. Definitely both. Okay. Because I would almost maybe create like a one sheet. Every time you sell a piece of real estate, maybe create some sort of piece of paper that has a short write-up on what it was about and what that property had with some photos of it to not only just show prospective buyers and sellers, but just to have on, to show anybody that you need to sell to. And also always keep any marketing piece you ever do because it shows the power behind your brand and your mm-hmm. what you're doing. It shows proof of performance, the sales that you've had, that portfolio, to your point, it's a way for people to, it's instant credibility. It's Somebody has confidence exactly. in you if they, they can see that, oh, wow, you've sold all these properties. Obviously, you must know what you're doing. So I, I almost think that that is uh, detrimental to your career if you don't have something like that, especially if you're seasoned. If you've been in business for 10 years, how, how can you be in business for 10 years and not sell anything? I want to see what you've done. Exactly. It blows my mind if somebody doesn't have it. And immediately, maybe if I'm out looking to use someone's services, if they don't have a portfolio, it's almost a red flag. It's kind of like if you're going to go hire a graphic designer to work for your company and they don't have anything they can show you of what they've done, why should you hire them? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. I got to see examples. They might not even know how to do it. They might just be saying that they do. Do you find that that happens more in society today than... I, I mean, I don't know how long you've been in business, but 30 years ago, you taking somebody kind of at face value that says, no, you know, we do this professionally. Now, when you meet people on the street, hell, they do everything. They're a master of, of everything, you know? I almost want to say it happens less today just because you can back it up thing. on the internet. Yeah. If you do a quick Google search and they, nothing comes up, yeah, back you in the 70s, yeah. you couldn't find that person unless you went into their office and, you know, sat down and made an appointment and they had it all printed out in a book for you. Now it's just all online, right? So it's easy to find out if they're... I have a good friend from college who's a freelance designer and I don't think he would make it as a freelancer at all if he didn't have everything he did on the internet. Yeah, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm just, I'm getting more skeptical of people. I, I think... Uh, the tone of, of business professionals used to be, to me, it was a lot more deliberate kind of in their actions years ago than today. It's easy to talk to somebody and say, yeah, absolutely, we can do it, we can do it. And, and they get the job, then they figure it out later. And it's like, oh, I, you know, it's kind of relying on the fact that you knew how to do this yeah. when I hired you. I can see you. that too. Yeah, that gets really frustrating. Testimonials, utilizing testimonials. I'd love to talk about that before we uh, end the podcast oh, today because I think that's a nice way to wrap this up. Testimonials is that proof of performance. Exactly. It ties so much into having your portfolio. And honestly, I would include testimonials in your portfolio simply for the fact that a testimonial is somebody that you had a successful business transaction with 
praising you. And I would ask everyone that you ever do business with to give a testimonial to you, whether it's good or bad, so that way you have them. And if it does happen to be bad, you know where you can improve on. It's a critique. It's like a Google review. And when you do something wrong, you can look back and correct on that. And then you can share the good ones. And the more good ones you have, if you took a thick three-ring binder full of positive testimonials and slam it on a desk, that's going to look really powerful to people around you that you're trying to use. Yeah. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Testimonials is something that comes with, obviously, experience. I found a guy one time. This is interesting. We were talking about, do you have any testimonials? He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was his aunt. It's his nephew, whole family. And, yeah. His dentist. Yeah, and- <laughs> possibly one, a dog. You know, he put his paw print right there. What do you mean he doesn't love me? That's my kids. I made them do it. Yeah, it's in crayon. If a testimonial's in crayon, what's the validity of that? Well, it depends on how well the handwriting is. Oh. <laughs> that, that's true. Fair yeah. enough. If it's really incredible handwriting, even if their kid did write it, I might take some credibility to it. Listen, if you didn't do your work for Sesame Street, that testimonial's not going to work in my book if it's in crayon. That's the only exemption I'm going to give you. If you did, Maybe somebody just didn't have a pen. All they had was a crayon. If though. you did some high-profile work <laughs> for Sesame Street and they wrote, you, Street. they wrote you a testimonial in crayon, all right, that's pretty cool, actually. I wonder what somebody who worked on Sesame Street's resume might look like. <laughs> I think <laughs> it would all be puppet. puppeteer. Yeah, like isn't that Well, I was that wondering ba- maybe, maybe like, like macaroni art and crayons. Macaroni art. Nice. nice. We have drifted off track. As usual. Joshua, let's, uh, so let's recap. Let's talk about personal marketing. Remember personal branding, because at the height of this, we were talking about the purple cow, right? That's how we started this. That's how we're going to end this. Be the purple cow, be the purple cow in the field and, and, and get noticed, get the business. That's what it's all about. If you're in sales, you got to stand out, be that purple cow. And this all starts with you, right? It starts with you. You want to be the brand that you want to want people around you to perceive. And it's not about putting out a false profile of yourself. It's taking the best aspects of you and what you do best and highlighting them and making sure that that's what people see first. And you want to make sure everybody sees what you're good at. So that way they choose you before they choose this other person over here who's a brown cow or a gray cow or whatever normal cow you might always see. You want to be the different cow. Nice. Very nice. And this all boils down to if you're going to start marketing, start with a plan. Everything takes planning, but be ready to adapt because it will change. The elevator speech we talked about, you should be able to sum up who you are and what you do in one minute or less. Exactly. And then the amount of time it takes you to get from one floor to the second, unless you're on our elevator. Network. (laughs) Yeah. Our (laughs) elevator. Well, you've got 25 minutes to tell me who you are. I've been in that elevator in the United Country. Yeah. You didn't stay in that elevator, did you? No. No, I did not. You'd still be on that elevator if you stayed in it. Events. Network. Go to events. Network, network, network. And not just events, your community. Get involved in your community. Absolutely. We talked about social media. And the importance of social media, I think you rank those well. I think the overview of it's not the kids that are on Facebook anymore. It's people that, you know, are business professionals. They're the buyers and sellers in the real estate and auction markets and and the consumer products markets. The, The kids have moved on. They're on Instagram now. So utilize those tools for personal marketing, for brand marketing. I really love what you said about creating a personal page. Keep that personal page up there to do uh 
you know, happy birthday, mom, you know, here's pictures of the kids, but create a company page, create a business page on there and, and utilize it. Well, it's like they always say, don't mix business and pleasure. There, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Your portfolio is your proof of performance. Just like testimonials, that is what you have done, what you're capable of doing. And it's, it's outside validation that you'll do a great job if employed. And to wrap all this up, we want to thank Mr. Joshua Sucroff for being in the studio with us today. Trina, as always, it's good to spend time with you. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next time inside the sale ring. This episode has ended, but your journey to greatness continues. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. That's www.thesalering.com.